Summer getting warmer, tidal we've come across the Mexican border. Wine by gallon is cheaper by the barrel, just don't get busted singing Christmas carols. Hey, hey, hey. All right now, folks. Welcome aboard to this Tuesday night edition Philip Ward show. We have now entered collectively as a country, as Americans, Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal. Oh, it does not matter. No, no, no. Because we have entered, get this, uh, no, I mean, it's just milestone after milestone. The days keep on ticking. We have entered the 750th day of slowing the spread. Boy, I sure do hope we slow the spread at some point nowadays so we can finally end this nonsense. The Joe Unity Biden administration. And if you think for one second after today, after the proceedings that took place At the White House, if you still believe that Joe Unity Biden is running this administration, oh my goodness gracious, do I have news for you. It was, I mean, it was, it was embarrassing. That's the only way I can describe it. It was utterly embarrassing for Joe Unity Biden today because they went and dug up Barack Hussein Obama. They had to go get Obama. He, he recovered pretty well from COVID. And God bless him. You know, we like we like to see our everyone who has COVID. We like to see them recover from COVID. We really do. He goes and joins the uh, 99.9% of people who have survived COVID. But this is, I mean, it is so bad now that they had to go and not only dig up Obama, but the Affordable Care Act as well. They had to dig up Obamacare. For goodness sakes, um, Chris Talgo is his name. He wrote a piece back in 2020, Obamacare, 10 years of distress and downright disappointment. And he, he's uh, from the uh, Heartland Institute, which if you go to the Heartland Institute's website, I mean, it's pretty bipartisan. They're like kind of big on the climate. They're big on uh, taxes. So, you know, they're they're pretty bipartisan um, organization. But I mean, so first, let me just, it started with Joe Unity Biden. Oh, you know something too? Barack Hussein Obama, who we heard, well, Barack was, oh, he was such a great public speaker. I mean, it it didn't matter about Barack Hussein Obama's policies. It didn't matter about Barack Hussein Obama. There's never been a bigger divider in chief than Barack Obama. You take a look at Barack Obama. One of the reasons that Donald Trump got elected in 2016 is because we had eight long, grueling years of Barack Obama. The American people were sick and tired of Barack Hussein Obama. Remember, um, I believe it was in 2010 when it was a shellacking that the Democratic Party took. Barack, even that guy, Obama. Who and it and, and you know 
it's I you could probably find con- some conservatives out there as well that will concede to you that Barack Obama is a great public speaker. I'm not one of them. I'm really not. The amount of times you listen to a Barack Obama speech, uh, uh, it's, uh, um, well, uh, no, I, I'm not on the boat that Barack Obama was, is such a great public speaker. I'm really not. But this is a guy who, when he was running for re-election in 2012, got 65 million votes. You know what? I'll even, it was like 65 and some change, closer to 66 million. I'll, I'll, I'll throw him that. He got 66 million votes. How is it that this guy, and don't get me wrong, I mean, at least Bar- now Barack Obama lies to the American people. He's been lying to the American people for years and years. But even, I, he sort of believes what he says. You know, at least he can formulate sentences. I, I, he probably gave a speech off a teleprompter today, but you, you wouldn't. He doesn't need a teleprompter to speak, kind of like our current commander in chief, Joe Unity Biden. But Biden, though, here he, so he gets up there, Joe Unity Biden, and I mean, we are just so familiar now with the Joe Biden gaffes. And I've been hearing some people say, oh, well, well, he was he was just joking. He didn't mean that. Well, listen, he says this, quote, my name is Joe Biden. I'm Barack Obama's vice president. And again, he always has to say that he's Jill Biden's husband. Why? I don't really know. And how dare he not call her doctor, Jill Biden? I didn't think that was right of Joe Unity Biden. Kind of disrespectful to his own wife. Again, he's her husband. In case anyone didn't get that, don't worry. Wait till Joe's next speech. It'll be right in the teleprompter. He'll definitely say that. But even if, why so? Even if Joe Biden was joking earlier when he says, I'm Barack Obama's vice president, why would you even give a guy like me, a conservative talk radio host, why would you even give me the ammunition? Right now, when, and it's not just me, there's plenty of people out there, even some Democrats as well, that have been, Asking the question, is Joe there? You know where I stand on that issue. Mentally, physically, cognitively, gone, gone, gone. Going, going, gone, ain't coming back, uh-uh. No good anymore from Joe Unity Biden. And whatever, whatever goes around in Joe's head. I mean, I have no idea. I don't even think Jill Biden, Dr. Jill Biden knows at this point. But why would, when we are questioning whether he's there mentally, whether, and and, and world leaders as well, I think a lot of people, I think even people in Democratic ranks know that Joe, oh boy, he's not looking too well. He's looking a little fried up top. Why would do that is again beyond me. And it, 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 I mean, it got worse throughout the day. Even so, Barack Obama then gets up on stage and he and he's touted oh they love obamacare obamacare was so good it was so great right think about it think about the individual mandate you know, i i really wonder why do the democrats love mandates so much they love oh nothing more than having the ability to tell you well i've been elected you're just a citizen it doesn't matter what you say because I'm elected, I'm in charge, I get to tell you what you can and can't do. They love it so much, and yet here's these are the same people who call Republicans the fascists out there. They call Republicans the dictators. So Barack Obama gets up, and he says this. He's talking about Joe Unity Biden as he's standing there 
next to Kamala Harris. Oh, and Kamala Harris, by the way, wearing this uh, brown uh, jacket. You know, there was a, a conservative talk radio host who got fired on uh, WMAL, you know, who's supposedly, it's supposedly a conservative talk radio station. You can forget about that. If we have time throughout the program, we're going to get to it a little later on. But here's Obama who calls Joe Biden, uh, Vice President Biden. So at a time when the world, when Americans are questioning if Joe Biden really even knows what's going on anymore, why would you have your best friend? Remember all all the videos and all the pictures and all the memes that were out there about how good of friends that Joe Biden and Barack Obama are. Oh, they just love each other. Oh, it's so great. Oh, this is phenomenal stuff. Even though, remember, it was Barack Hussein Obama who said, quote, don't underestimate Joe's ability to F things up. Well, Barack, F things up Joe has done. So I kind of think Barack Obama has no, none, not an ounce of respect for Joe Biden because he wouldn't have put him on the spot like that. Oh, my vice president, oh, it's so funny and everyone's laughing. And even, like I said, it gets even worse at the end of the speech. So Joe Biden gets up and says, the Affordable Care Act, stronger now than it has ever been. Hey, is that a good thing for Americans? Because wasn't Obamacare there to make sure that everyone gets health care? Socialized health care is the way to go. Consumer choice health care? No, no, no. We can't have that. We can't have people making decisions for themselves. And if Obamacare was such a success, why is it that here in 2022, well, we still have 31 million Americans who have no health care coverage at all? Well, uh... That was Donald Trump and the Republicans' fault. Blame the Republicans. You know, when Barack Obama was running for president, it was blame Bush. All they can do, blame, blame, blame. Remember when Biden said, I'm not going to blame anyone, and the buck stops with me. All we've heard is the Biden blame game. um, uh, Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz from Texas, was actually um, uh, being interviewed last night on Fox News. Uh, He points out that Joe Unity Biden, the Democrats, are blaming everybody else. He uh, has the uh, five Biden, uh, Biden inflation lies, if you want to call it that. We'll get to that a little later on. So anyway, so Barack Obama gets up there and says, quote, Americans were wrong to worry they would lose their health care insurance under Obamacare. Oh, they were wrong about that. Hmm? You say they were wrong. Well, in 2013, just in case you forgot, in 2013, the quote, if you like your health care plan, you can keep it. Do you know what that was voted? Then this is by PolitiFact. PolitiFact is no friendly conservative outlet. Oh, no. PolitiFact, you know, all these, and you sort of have to question these fact checkers nowadays. I really do. I, they just, to me, I've seen so many fact checks where they're just pushing Democrat liberal propaganda. But remember, Barack Hussein Obama, if you like your plan, 
If you like your doc, oh, you'll be able to keep it, he said. Guess what, folks? Even propaganda news, CNN, has a montage of Barack Hussein Obama. Listen closely. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor under the reform proposals that we put forth. If you like your private health insurance plan, you can keep it. If you like the plan you have, you can keep it. If you like the doctor you have, you can keep your doctor too. We will keep this promise Oh, to the American people. Mm-hmm. If you like your doctor, oh, yeah. you will be able to keep your doctor, period. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan, period. If you like your doctor, you'll be able to keep your doctor. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. If you've got health insurance, you like your doctor, you like your plan, you can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan. If you like your plan, you can keep your plan. If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. There you go, folks. That was voted. Literally, the lie of the year. I mean, it's got to be a pretty monumental level to say that that is a lie. I mean, imagine if you hold a record, by the way, of having the lie of the year. Oh, my goodness gracious. So anyway, so Barack Obama says all that. You have Joe Unity Biden up there saying that the Affordable Care Act is is stronger now than it ever has been. Well, Chris Talga wrote in The Hill. This is two years ago now. March 2020 marked the 10th anniversary of the passage of the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. Obamacare has failed to solve many of the health care problems it was supposed to address. Whoa, wait a minute. So it's not stronger than ever, Joe? Even worse, it compounded many of the issues it was meant to fix. Candidate Barack Obama said his namesake act would, quote, cut the cost of a typical family's premiums by up to $2,500 a year. He said, oh, well, according to HHS, Health and Human Services, the opposite occurred. Premiums have doubled for individual health care insurance plans since 2013, the year before many of Obamacare's regulations and mandates, there's that word again, mandates, folks, took effect. Um, Even more shocking, HHS reports average individual market premiums more than doubled from $2,784 per year in 2013 to $5,000. $712 on healthcare.gov in 2017, an increase of $2,928. Or, you know, if you really want to stick it to Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Unity Biden, 105%. Needless to say, Obamacare has fallen woefully short in its grand ambition to slice healthcare insurance premiums by 25%. Hundred dollars per year. Obamacare supporters now. Oh, oh, well, hold on now. There's some people that are out there. They love Obamacare. They love it. Obama's the greatest president ever. They love him. Obamacare supporters claimed it would drastically reduce the uninsured population. Well, bad news for Joe Unity and Barack Hussein Obama. This also has not happened. As of 2020, when Talgo wrote this piece, there are roughly 28 million Americans without 
health insurance. And those, and that number of those without health insurance has increased in recent years. And it has to this point. Look it up online. Don't take my word for it. Don't take Chris Talgo's word for it. We are at now 31 million Americans who do not have health care. Now that the individual mandate has been repealed, that's exactly what happened. That number rose. And how, how was that individual mandate ever constitutional to begin with? I mean, you got to be kidding me. If you don't, mandating health care, how about that? You absolutely, oh, you need to have the essentials, though. But if you don't, hey, I got a tax for you here. I mean, what about what about if some people said that they didn't want health care at all? I mean, there's probably some thir- some of the 31 million Americans that are out there right now who don't have health care, who aren't insured. Maybe they're saying, I, I don't need health care. You know, I'm not a guy that that's a pro mandate guy for anything. You, I mean, it's kind of a bonehead move to not have health care, if you ask me. But hey, listen. You live your life. You do what you want in the freest country that there is. Well, still free at this point. I mean, the Biden administration, they're all about mandates, folks. Now, according to the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, simply put, quote, there are too many people without subsidies who cannot afford coverage under Obamacare. CMS, again, Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, provides this account. Quote, a 60-year-old couple in Grand Island, Nebraska, making 70, no, not Grand Island here, here, closer to Buffalo, but in Nebraska, making $70,000 a year, which is just slightly too much to qualify for Obamacare's premium subsidy, is faced with paying $38,000 thousand dollars over half of their yearly income to buy a silver plan with an eleven thousand one hundred dollar annual maximum out of pocket limit oh boy no wonder there's 31 million million americans uninsured they say quote this is again cms we should not be surprised if they make the tough decision to drop their coverage Hmm. with a similar cold reality facing millions of americans it was inevitable that Obamacare's affordability crisis would eventually show up in the rates of uninsured Americans. Yet, here's Joe Biden and Barack Hussein Obama out there touting Obamacare, saying it is so great. It is, quote, stronger than it ever has been before. And you know what? While Barack Hussein Obama's up there talking, here's Joe Unity Biden, folks, and he just decides to get himself a little candy, a little sweetie, munching down as well. I mean, it's, I mean it was kind of like that pizza he was eating a few weeks ago. Oh, my goodness. Great. Politics 101, by the way, whether you disagree with the side or don't uh, or disagree or agree with the political side, you're never supposed to eat. Well, here's here's Joe Unity Biden in the White House, you know, as Barack Obama's vice president as he says, just chowing down. My goodness gracious, folks. All right, got to take a quick break, but we're off and running here on a Tuesday. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. This is a world of possibilities, a world in which people who put their minds to something can really make a difference. My goal is to help the environment. Someday, I'll find a cure for cancer. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, 
We believe that aspiring minds can achieve anything. So we dedicate ourselves to making sure everyone has an opportunity to go to college. Each year, we provide more than $150 billion in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. Put a frog in a pot of boiling water and it'll jump right out. But put a frog in a pot of cool water and slowly heat it up, that frog will boil. As a metaphor for us and all that we go through as veterans, it's a story that rings true. We learn to endure the heat in silence. We apply what we learn to life, the bills, the job, the family, things we're expected to handle with ease. When life heats up around us, we just try to stay afloat. We let the water boil. Reaching out isn't easy, but you've never been interested in easy. You join because you are not afraid of hard work. You are not a frog. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait until the water boils. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Ben Affleck. The only thing better than playing a hero in the movies is being a hero in real life. Like the 50,000 veterans who returned from Iraq and Afghanistan with devastating injuries. They are true heroes, and they're why I'm proud to support Paralyzed Veterans of America. For more than 60 years, Paralyzed Veterans of America has made a promise to never leave a fallen comrade behind. They make sure veterans with spinal cord injuries get the quality medical care, rehabilitation, and housing they need when they come home. They stay with our fallen heroes for the long term, offering counseling, job training, and support to help them regain the freedom and independence they fought so hard for, all at no cost to them. Our veterans fought for us. Let's fight for them. To learn more about how you can help, visit pva.org. That's pva.org. We will never leave a fallen comrade behind. A public service message from Paralyzed Veterans of America. All right, folks, right on, right on, right on. PJWBNY on this Tuesday night edition of the Philip Ward Show. Thank you, by the way, for always joining us here. WBNY, I like to call PJWBNY. You know, I think that's awfully creative. I really do, you know. Conservative takeover. Come on, folks. Doing what we can for the cause. So, anyway, so after Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Unity Biden are done giving this speech about how great Obamacare is. Then after that, folks, I I really, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like Obama, there's all these Democrats in the room, and they all go over, they just flock to Obama. And Joe Biden, and it's, it's literally caught on camera, I... It is such a bad moment for Biden 
the Democrats don't even want to talk to him. They don't even want to see him. They don't even want to interact with him. And he's just kind of lost. Like, he looks pathetic. He's just like, uh, what, uh, what's, what's going on? You know, yesterday, uh, Biden gave a speech, and he's like, what, uh, what are we going to do next? You know, it, again, it's tough to make the point. I mean, even the staunchest of Biden supporter out there, how can you make the argument that this guy is in charge? That this guy is calling the shots. It seemed to me, when I saw all those Democrats surrounding Obama and talking to Obama, that we might really well and truly have the third term of Barack Obama. It wouldn't surprise me at all. But you know, the fact that the Biden White House even had to call in Barack Hussein Obama, that that should show you how how poorly the polling is how they i think there's they're starting to understand the administration or who's ever calling the shots at all that that Biden probably is not up for this task and they have a monumental challenge on their hands when it comes to November even the hill writing yesterday democrats are growing increasingly worried about president biden standing in the polls 7 months out from the midterm elections Biden hasn't seen a boost in his approval ratings amid Russia's war in Ukraine. There was a report earlier today in the New York Post, just absolutely awful, disgusting, terrible acts that the Russians are committing in Ukraine. It's tough to even report on, you know, and and stuff like this. So I think it has to get out there. I think the American people deserve to know the truth, to hear the truth, read the truth about what's happening Um between Ukraine and Russia. And I mean, you know, again, Vladimir Putin is this little five foot guy, this dictator, so consumed in his own ego. He doesn't care who has to die. He doesn't care if he has blood on his hands. He's just a disgusting, despicable individual. He really is. And some of the, the things the Russian Russian soldiers are doing, it's like awful horrible. It's horrific. You know, again, these are innocent Ukrainian civilians that just want to live their life in a sovereign country in Ukraine. It's just disgusting, folks. It really is. Anyway, though, so while they say on Friday, while the economy continued to gain jobs and the unemployment rate is low, something Biden touted last Friday, inflation is still at a 40-year high. Gas prices are still through the roof. One Democratic strategist, even like I said, folks, you can kind of see maybe it's the whole Democratic Party. It's it. I think that there's a strong case to be made that the mainstream media is turning on Joe. You even had the Washington Post, WAPO, writing a piece on uh, their editorial board, nonetheless, writing a piece on Sunday. The Hunter Biden story is an opportunity for a reckoning. And Joe Biden and the White House, Jen Psaki today, there's, uh, Joe didn't do anything wrong. No, there, it was all Hunter. Um, Miranda Devine actually writes, throwing Hunter under the bus, it, it, that ain't going to be enough to clear Joe Unity Biden now. For what I think, I would want the, a lot of Americans, now, probably Democrats as well, understand how corrupt this Biden family really is. Anyway, though, so, um, one Democratic strategist saying, quote, yeah, it's bad. 
You have an energy crisis that's paralyzing and inflation is at a 40-year high. We're heading into a recession. The problem is simple. The American people have lost confidence in Biden. And if all those Democrats flocking over to Barack Hussein Obama wasn't any, any more of an indication to you that even the Democrats now have lost faith in Joe. And you'd think if Joe knows, if he knew in his head, if he knew he wasn't mentally, physically, cognitively there to do the job, don't you think if he actually loved this country and wanted a, a prosperous future for America that he would step down if he wasn't up to the task? You know, and, and what about the Democrats that put him in that position that made sure he was president? You know, do they care about power, more political power more than the safety of this country? I don't know, folks. I mean, there's not a whole lot of patriotism in the Democratic Party. Bill Galston is his name, chair of the Brookings Institute. If you, by the way, ever hear anything from the Brookings Institute, that is a Democratic, hardcore, leftist, liberal think tank. There ain't a whole lot of good stuff that comes out of Brookings Institute. He says this, though, listen to this. Even this guy, the staunchest of the leftist Democratic think tank. My hypothesis is that unless and until inflation comes down, that there's going to be a ceiling on his job approval that's a lot lower than the White House wants it to be. All right, Biden initially appeared to receive a slight bump, though, in support after his State of the Union, some call it State of Confusion, address. Well, since then, Biden's numbers have remained deflated as gas prices have stayed high. And the Democrats, what do they say about the gas prices and the gas um, um they, they like to call it, they try to phrase it, the messaging is, it's the Putin gas price hike. Well, what about when gas was already rising before Vladimir Putin decided to invade Ukraine? Quote, high gas prices are one of the biggest anchors on presidential approval. That's according to Gallup senior editor, Jeff Jones. And again, you know, you get the transportation secretary, secretary who's out there, you would think, wouldn't he be maybe the most concerned about gas prices? No, his his solution is um, just go buy an electric car. If you have $55,000, you don't have to worry about gas prices going through the roof, being a, a record after record that this administration has presented to the American people, or if not the transportation secretary, maybe you can go to hmm, the energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, nope, she says when asked, how do we fix gas prices? How do we lower gas prices? Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, if only I wish I, I wish I had a magic wand. Remember when Barack Hussein Obama, while we're on the topic of him, said, what's Donald Trump going to do, wave a magic wand? Yeah, well, the, to bring jobs back? Well, guess what? Donald Trump actually did bring jobs back. I guess, I guess Donald Trump did have a magic wand, but... The energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, Joe Biden likes to call her senator or governor Granholm because, again, the guy's clearly not there mentally. But she herself, said, oh, well, there's a cartel on oil and the cartel is called OPEC. Now, forget about energy independence and increasing our natural gas and our oil production and the United States being a net exporter of oil. No, man, 
We can't have any of that. Come on, man. What are you, a junkie? NBC News poll that was released on Sunday registered Biden's approval rating at 40%, the lowest of his presidency in that poll. Marist College poll released last Thursday found 39% of Americans approve of the job Biden is doing. You see here, the majority of Americans disapprove of this presidency, disapprove of this administration. Jim Kessler, another Democrat, executive vice president for policy, a centrist Democratic think tank, third way, quote, I'm not shocked at all by the numbers because they look exactly what normal looks like. Question is, given a lot of good news in the country, uh, uh, the jobs numbers are uh, businesses opening, the masks are off. He's going to give Joe Biden credit for all of that. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. That's a stretch. To say the least, the Ru- oh, how about this? The Russians are in full panic. He says, you know, if the Russians were really in full panic, what's this guy's name? Jim? Is it Jim Kessler? Yeah, Jim. Guess what, Jim? If the Russians were in full panic, we wouldn't be seeing the atrocities that they're committing in Ukraine. I'll go. I'll do you one better, Jim. Guess what? Russia and Vladimir Putin would have never invaded Ukraine in the first place if they were in full panic. Guess what? Peace through strength. The Donald Trump, Ronald Reagan strategy. That works. Vladimir Putin feared Donald Trump. Donald Trump said to him, don't touch Ukraine. Oh, why? why? I touch Ukraine. I do it anyway. Oh, you want to? Because guess what? I'll hit Moscow. Oh, you don't hit Moscow. Oh, yeah? All those beautiful golden turrets, boom, blown up. And guess what? Putin didn't do a single thing. Donald Trump's presidency. He he says, can we do better? Can we do better than normal? And I think the disappointment right now is we're not. Really? I mean, what a bonehead. What an idiot, right? And that, oh, this this was a real beauty. Remember you had the White House communications director, Kate Bedingfield, who was saying what the president is doing is using every tool available to him to bring prices down for the American people at the pump. Oh, really? Like releasing our our oil, our barrels of oil from the strategic emergency reserve? Oh, that's so smart. That's for emergency purposes. Guess what? If he increased natural gas and oil production here, guess what? Gas prices would go down. And like I said, Senator Ted Cruz last night, um, was on Fox News. He points out we get excuse after excuse from this Biden administration. Here he is. Well, Sean, you're absolutely right. But, but you know, as you know, the Democrats are in panic mode. They're in free fall because they created this crisis. You know, I enjoyed watching your video of Pete Buttigieg talking about wild price fluctuations. When Joe Biden became president, gasoline, the average price was $2.38 a gallon. Today, it's $4.23 a gallon. It has nearly doubled in in 15 months under Joe Biden. They've Mm. waged a war on domestic energy production. They canceled the Keystone Pipeline. They shut off leases on federal lands. They shut down drilling in Anwar. All of that's deliberate. It's what Joe Biden promised. He told Democratic primary voters, if you elect me, I will halt drilling. And you know what? That's a promise that he has been working overtime to keep. And, and now the Democrats are in panic mode because they realize that people don't like paying four, five, six, 
you know, in California, it's nearly $7 a gallon for gas. And so on inflation, the White House has had five separate lies on inflation. Their first lie was, it's not happening. Don't believe your eyes. There is no inflation. Their second lie was, oh, it's transitory. Yes, it's happening, but it's transitory just for a moment. Their third lie, this was from Ron Klain, is it's a high-class problem. It's, it's there, but it's a high-class problem. Aren't you lucky to have inflation? Their fourth lie was it's happening. It's not transitory. It's not high-class, but it's a good thing. It's a sign of how great the economy is that you can't afford to pay for your groceries or fill your car. And then lie number five that every Biden apparatchik is repeating is Putin, Putin, Putin. They've decided politically, let's blame this train wreck of a Biden energy policy on Vladimir Putin. Well, you know what? The gasoline prices had ridden 48% before Putin invaded Ukraine. As the stickers say on, on the gas pumps, I did this, Joe Biden did this. And he's absolutely right, folks. Senator Ted Cruz is absolutely right. This is all Biden's own doing. And, and even the Hill writes that administration's of, administration officials, well, they've tried to blame the Russian president, Vladimir Putin, for high gas prices, referring to it as the Putin price hike. But even some in the Biden administration are acknowledging that the message is not resonating. Quote, for whatever reason, the messaging hasn't gotten through. Oh, I can't imagine why. It's not like that gas prices were going up before. Putin invaded Ukraine. Quote, at times it feels like we're spinning our wheels. I mean, I think even these people at this point in time, folks, even some Democrats are saying, uh-oh, this does not look good for us right now. Back in a sec, folks. Put a frog in a pot of boiling water and it'll jump right out. But put a frog in a pot of cool water and slowly heat it up, that frog will boil. As a metaphor for us and all that we go through as veterans, it's a story that rings true. We learn to endure the heat in silence. We apply what we learn to life, the bills, the job, the family, things we're expected to handle with ease. When life heats up around us, we just try to stay afloat. We let the water boil. Reaching out isn't easy, but you've never been interested in easy. You join because you are not afraid of hard work. You are not a frog. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait until the water boils. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov reach. That's va.gov reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. The United States Deputy Sheriff's Association is a national nonprofit and the largest non-governmental provider of services to law enforcement. The USDSA assists city, county, state, and federal agencies with free safety equipment donations and officer survival training along with cash donations to families of law enforcement officers who perish in the line of duty, college scholarships for the children of law enforcement, a citizen awareness program, and more. For more information on the USDSA and how you can help, visit usdeputy.org. Right now, our country feels divided, but there's a place where people are coming together. I gotta tell you, I was nervous to talk to someone so different than me. Me too, but I'm glad we are. Love Has No Labels and One Small Step are helping people with different political views, beliefs, and life experiences come together through conversation, and it feels good. Wow, your story is so... Uh, Interesting? Yeah. <laughs> 
When people actually sit down, talk, and listen to one another, they can break down boundaries and connect as human beings. At lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step, you can listen to amazing, life-changing conversations and find simple tools to start a conversation of your own. I know one thing. This conversation gives me hope. It gives me a lot of hope, too. Take a step toward bringing our country and your community together by having the courage to start a conversation at lovehasnolabels.com slash one small step. A message from StoryCorps, Love Has No Labels, and the Ad Council. <laughs> oh my goodness, I mean it's just laughable. Oh, it's really just laughable, folks. Oh my goodness gracious. So... As I was on the topic there, that even some Democrats are starting to understand that, oh boy, this ain't going too well for Joe Unity Biden. Well, listen to this woman. Christy Setzer is is is, is uh, her name. And, oh, how do I know it's a her? Because if you look at her biography, she's got the she, her. Just want everyone to know, Christy, she, her. Setzer. She's a Democratic strategist. And she says this about Joe Unity Biden. Oh, he could do more to emphasize what the White House is doing. She says, quote, I get it. I get it. I get it. He doesn't want to upset his ever sensitive potential Republican allies in a 50-50 Senate. But when you're creating a narrative about why things are the way they are, your audience needs to understand how we got here. It's not enough to address the problems. He also needs to repeatedly hammer home that he's the one, get this, getting us out of the ditch, not the one who drove us into it. Joe Biden's the one? He didn't put us in the ditch? Was it Donald Trump's fault? Was it Donald Trump who surrendered when it came to Afghanistan? Was it on Donald Trump's watch that we had 2 million illegal aliens flood our southern border? Was it Donald Trump who ended Title 42, ensuring we get millions more of illegal aliens flooding our southern border? Was that Donald Trump? Donald Trump put us into that ditch? Was it, did it happen on the Donald Trump presidency that Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine? As you just heard, Senator Ted Cruz, gas was like $2.43 or something like that. Well under $3 for a gallon of gas. But she says he's the one who's getting us out of the ditch. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, they also say this. Political observers say Biden's popularity will be dampened for the time being by all of the uh, for the time being by all of the turmoil. And it could slip lower. Oh, how how could his popularity get any lower at this point? But it could still slip lower if his son Hunter Biden is indicted for his foreign business dealings. Uh-oh. They write as some as, uh, expect. Folks, you can go at Propaganda News CNN. Headline here. There's a realistic chance Hunter Biden could be indicted. New York Post. Hunter, Diden, Hunter Biden should have been indicted, says U.S. Attorney. National Review. Does Hunter Biden face indictment? Propaganda News CNN again. Federal investigation of Hunter Biden heats up. I mean, folks, so if, if Hunter Biden gets indicted, my goodness gracious. And um, like I said, the 
the mainstream media, the press corps that, that we have in this country, they're... I wouldn't say that like they're setting up for it, but I think that they're already trying to cover themselves. They want to get off this Biden gravy train. Listen to this Democratic strategist, quote, everyone needs to come to terms with the reality that we're going to get slaughtered in November. That's a fact. Biden's polling has gotten worse, not better. It's indicative of the fact that people have lost confidence in his leadership. There's no, (laughs) listen to this. There's nothing they're going to be able to do. Oh, I don't know. I mean, you could, you could try maybe get the mainstream media back on your side, try and pull them back. Well, it kind of, I don't know, folks, like I said, it kind of seems like they're even turning on this Biden administration. Like this Washington Post, the, the, the Washington Post's own editorial board. And remember, this is the same Washington Post that two years ago were running cover for Joe Unity Biden and Hunter Biden. Well, now they write there was something grotesquely familiar about last week's revelations about Hunter Biden's business deals abroad. They say the Post reported Wednesday on the multi-million dollar deals the president's son made with a Chinese energy company. Oh, well, should we applaud them? Should we give a round of applause to the Washington Post for finally reporting on it? Same with the New York Times. Now that Joe is comfortably president, oh, now we can get out there and say, "Mm, you know what? Those emails were authentic. Oh, boy. They write, for now, what's more compelling than the assorted accusations about the Biden's behaviors in question? Why is confirmation of a story that first surfaced in the fall of 2020 emerging only now? When the New York Post published its blockbuster exclusive on the contents of a laptop said to have been abandoned at a Delaware repair shop by Hunter Biden, mainstream media organizations balked at running with the same narrative. You hear that? The same narrative All they would have been doing is reporting on the news, doing, I don't know, I dare to call it journalism. They write this, social media sites displayed even greater caution. Oh, yeah, they did. The Twitter box blocked the story altogether. Remember, they even suspended the New York Post's account. Oh, the Twitter box. Elon Musk, huh? You know, there's rumors going around that Elon Musk is going to reinstate Donald Trump's Twitter account. I mean, if he does that, folks, look, I think personally, I think it would be hilarious if he went and did that. Um, so all right, now the Washington Post and the New York Times, well, they vouched for many of the relevant communications. Oh, they finally said that the emails and that were authentic and that that laptop actually did. Well, again, a laptop that had all these pictures of Hunter Biden, shall I say, I don't know, at his most vulnerable and all, and they all say, oh, well, well, it's stolen. It's hacked information. No, we can't run that. Get this now. This series of events has prompted allegations of a cover-up, or at best a double standard in the treatment of conservative and liberal politicians by mainstream media and social media sites. I could pull my hair out, folks. I could just pull it out. This has prompted allegations of a cover-up. That's exactly what happened. That's what this all was. It was all the mainstream media running cover for the Bidens. Why? Because, oh, I don't know, if they came out and said, these emails are authentic back then, or, yep, this does belong to Hunter Biden. Oh, my goodness, we could have had the unthinkable. 
we could have had four more years of Donald Trump. Maybe if we had that, Russia wouldn't have invaded, have invaded Ukraine. The evidence of that is that Vladimir Putin did not invade Ukraine in the four years of the Trump presidency. Maybe we would have still had gas prices under $2.50 for a gallon of gas. By the way, the USS, the United Socialist State, California, they're getting hit the hardest with gas prices. But over there, over in, in the USS, they, they love paying more for gas. They're all in on the electric vehicles. Anyway, so they write, yet there was reason in this case for reluctance on the part of the publications and the platforms alike. Well, both had the un... <laughs> both had been the unwitting tools of a Russian influence campaign in 2016. Oh, my goodness. It was was all Hillary Rotten Clinton with the whole Russian, Russia, Russia, and Donald Trump stole the election. She literally said, she and the FBI knew, the Barack Hussein Obama White House knew that Hillary Clinton was going to, quote, stir up a scandal, vilifying Trump, connecting Trump with Russia. I, and, and they're still, to this day, this was written on Sunday. They're still talking about it. So it was only prudent to suspect a, famili- a, sim- a similar plot lay behind the mysterious appearance of a computer stuffed with juicy documents and conveniently handed over to the president's, uh, to President Donald Trump's, oh, how about this, toxic personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani. Boy, he went from being America's mayor quickly to the toxic personal attorney of Donald Trump. They write, indeed, at the time, there was also an ongoing, here we go again, disinformation operation from Moscow involving, among other things, doctored recordings, supposedly showing Joe Biden improperly, listen to this sentence, Joe Biden improperly pressuring the then president of Ukraine, Poroshenko, and that name's important for, you'll hear in a second, folks, pressuring Poroshenko to aid Hunter Biden's business interests, oh, I don't know. I don't know, Washington Post. This uh, Russian doctored videos, they say, recordings. What if, just what if, we had evidence, though, of Joe Biden saying, quote, that there's this, Ru- that there's this Ukrainian prosecutor, Victor Shokin was his name, who was, I don't know, looking into Hunter Biden and Hunter Biden's business deals with Burisma Holdings in Ukraine, getting paid $83,000 a month. And Joe Biden, now this is, they say, doctored recordings, supposedly showing Biden improperly pressuring Poroshenko to aid Hunter Biden's business interests. I'll tell you what, folks, why don't you listen to Joe in his own words? Um, I remember going over convincing our team, our brothers, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev, and, uh, and I was going supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. Oh, okay. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from mm-hmm. uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. Shokin. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "Nah." I said, "I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." Huh? They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said, call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling uh-huh. you, you're not getting the billion dollars." 
I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. I think it was, what, six hours? Six hours. I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. I have and to believe it, folks, because here's Joe Unity Biden say, well, son of a B. Prosecutor got fired. But yet, no, 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 none of that. None of that occurred. None of that took place. It's just ridiculous, folks. It really is. By the way, as Miranda Devine writes, throwing Hunter Biden under the bus, that ain't going to be enough to clear Joe. And even Ron Klain, the chief of staff on Sunday, was on ABC News. Now, ABC or NBC or CBS, oh, maybe there's still some bipartisanship there. Maybe that we're going to have straight news if we turn those channels on. Uh-uh. You can forget about that. ABC with their, what is this title? Senior political anchor or chief political anchor, whatever it is. George Stephanopoulos, who's ABC's main guy when it comes to politics, right? George Stephanopoulos, the guy that worked in the Clinton White House as a Clinton lackey? Yeah, that George Stephanopoulos, right? So Ron Klain's on there and and, and was saying, no, yeah, Joe, no, there's nothing that he knew. Um, quote, the president is confident that his family did the right thing. But again, I just want to be really clear these are actions by Hunter and his brother. See, see what they're doing, folks? See how they're trying to put it all on Hunter Biden? Now, as if as if Joe has never talked to Hunter Biden, isn't the Biden family supposed to be so close? And even listen to Jen Psaki earlier today. Listen to her when uh, Peter Ducey was asking her a question. About, listen to this. The president has said that he never spoke to his son about his overseas business dealings. Is that still the case? Yes. Oh, she's still saying yes. Joe, B- no, the, no, Joe Biden never talked to Hunter about his business dealings. I mean, it's, it's insanity. They're such a close family, as CBS News wrote. She writes, this is the party line parroted by the Washington Post and CNN, propaganda news, CNN. And their belated coverage of the story. By the way, Ron Klain says there's pri- they're, they're private matters. Hunter and his brother, they don't involve the president. And they certainly are something that no one at the White House is involved in. She writes, sure, they say it looks bad for Hunter. But gosh, Joe Biden? Joe Biden had nothing to do with it? Oh, and I guess he's, he's like unafraid about it as well. Because Peter Ducey asked Jen Psaki earlier today about appointing a special counsel. Another topic, a lot of stories about Hunter Biden servicing this week. So to ensure the independence of the investigation, would the president support the appointment of a special counsel? Well, first, the president has never had a conversation with the Department of Justice about any investigations into any member of his family. He said that during the campaign, and he will continue to abide by that. So I'd point you to the Department of Justice for any additional steps they would take. They would make those decisions independently. Actually, you know, wait a minute. Jen Psaki, folks, that is what I like to call a non-answer. And and you know full well, Joe Biden ain't ever going to appoint a special counsel to look in a hundred to to his own son or really to his own son and his dealings and why because he is terrified he is terrified folks you know again here's um witnesses testifying before a delaware grand jury 
They're believed to have been a- uh, to have been asked if they know quote who is the big guy. Oh, that is the key phrase, folks. Who is the big guy? The big guy referred to in coded fashion in emails on Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop and WhatsApp messages. Uh, his with his former business partner Tony Bobolinsky handed the FBI in October 2020. Bobolinsky asserts, "Uh oh." Uh-oh, Joe, that the big guy, you bet, Joe Unity Biden. The identity of the big guy is relevant. Why? Because he was to be allocated 10%. Remember the email, 10% for the big guy. Allocated 10% equity in a joint venture. Hunter and partners were cooking up with Chinese company CEFC. Hunter Biden, this is a quote, Hunter Biden called his dad the big guy or my chair. Isn't that kind of weird a little bit, right? Hunter, oh, my chairman. And frequently referenced um, asking him for his sign off or advice on various potential deals that that they were discussing, Bobolinsky uh, said. He says, quote, I've seen VP Biden saying he never talked to Hunter about his business. Yeah, he like he says it all the time, Joe. My son done nothing wrong. Remember, he he said to the one voter, "Get your get your facts straight, Jack." And then calls him, "What? What about you, fat?" Say, "Oh, that that's real nice to say, Joe." He says, "I've seen firsthand that's just not true, because it wasn't just Hunter's business." They said they were putting the Biden family name and its legacy on the line. There's evidence on the laptop that Joe profited from Hunter's overseas business dealings, indicating mingled finances, shared bank accounts, and household bills Hunter was expected to pay for his father. Hunter complained about having to give half his salary to his father and pay for everything for this entire family for 30 years. That's a a direct quote from Hunter Biden. There is no country in the world where millions of dollars paid to a top official's son for doing nothing would not be regarded as corruption. But, folks, you know, that's the point where we're at. Like I said, the mainstream media starting to turn on Joe a little bit. Um, I want to get to this uh, quickly. My focus more or less on tomorrow as well. Amber Athey is her name. Uh, quote, I was fired for a joke about Kamala Harris's outfit, she says. She wrote this for a tweet. Huh? How about us? Kamala looks like a UP- <laughs> Kamala looks like a UPS employee. What can Brown do for you? Nothing good, apparently, in uh, WMAL. Uh, you know, it's a long story. I want to get into that Um tomorrow, folks, because goodness gracious me, the time has flown by. Yeah, at some point, I'm going to have to have more time on this program. Anyway, folks, thank you, as always, for listening to the program, folks. We have entered the 750th day now of slowing the spread. The Joe Unity Biden administration now has 1,020 days left for all of us to endure. Thank you as always, folks. Back here tomorrow.